opportunity to uh, delve into your word, into the life of Moses, and see what we can draw from it, Lord God. And uh, as we see the different aspects of his life, uh, what a man Moses was, and um, may we be able to glean from it and learn from it and, and, um, and do the things we ought to do as Christians in our, in our life. And now, Father, just ask your blessings on this service, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, Exodus chapter 2, 11 through 19. It came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew on his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to, to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the troughs to, to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to rule their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. So I found this to be a very intriguing, interesting uh, lesson about uh, Moses. And, you know, it's about him in the wilderness. Of course, his life is broken up into 40-year periods. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to, to look at Moses, you know, before he uh, came back and addressed Pharaoh and led the people uh, through the Red Sea. You know, he was 80 years old. That's something interesting. You know, Abraham was, what, 75 years old uh, when he left and uh, where we see his life. So here he is, and this lesson is about developing a genuine walk with God. Last week we learned that despite growing up in Pharaoh's palace, Moses chose to stand with God's people. This week we will study Moses as a fugitive from a vengeful Pharaoh and an exile from the only land he had ever known. The man who had been prepared for Egyptian royalty now found employment as a shepherd in what to him was a foreign country. In this lesson, we'll see how God forsook, how God never forsook Moses and how he patiently prepared for him greater usefulness. Um, our first point is Moses was Surprisingly, loneliness is a common struggle for many people. It can be an oppressive weight in a person's life. Dr. Paul Turnier, a noted Swiss physician and author, 
called loneliness the most devastating malady of this age. Thomas Wolfe, an American novelist, said, loneliness is the central and inevitable fact of human existence. Most of us will experience moments of extreme loneliness during our lifetime. In fact, it is estimated that nearly one-fourth of Americans experience regular levels of isolation and loneliness. Of the millions of Americans who ate dinner last night, over 20% of them ate alone. Here's an illustration. The Postmaster General announced in January of 2014 that Janis Joplin, a rock star who rose to fame in the 1960s, would be the next forever stamp in the Music Icon series. The news arrived just in time for the January 19th birthday of Joplin, who died at the tender age of 27 from a heroin overdose. Joplin never quite knew what to make of her great gift. Egotistical, self-important, and outspoken, she was forever socially insecure. She yearned simply to be loved. She is reported to have said being an intellectual creates a lot of questions and no answers. You can fill your life up with ideas and still go home lonely. All you really have that really matters are feelings. That's what is music to me. Contrary to what most people think, it's not just the widow or the widower has, who is lonely. Even the rich and famous struggle with feeling alone. We all depend on friends and family for support, but at times God allows our human support system to be, be removed from our lives so that he can be heard and obeyed in a special way. Such was the case with Moses. His family gone, his occupation taken away, his vision for the future altered. Moses sat isolated in the wilderness with only sheep as his companions. It was, though, it was through this intense loneliness that God planned to draw Moses unto himself. While we may not be able to see God's hand in, hand in our loneliness, we can always rest in God's sovereignty. Even the psalmist felt this kind of loneliness when he explained in Psalm 142.4, no man cared for my soul. Yet God is always there. He will never leave us or forsake us, and he always has a purpose for the alone times in our life. Psalm 142, 4 through 5, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Verse 5, I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And then First Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now the Merriam-Webster defines loneliness as sadness from being apart from other people. We must realize that loneliness is not simply isolation. It is not solitude. In fact, in our busy world, solitude can be good if it's used for the purpose of replenishment. Some of us are trying to find that. Um, we must also understand that while it's possible to be surrounded by people and still be lonely, it is also possible to be alone without being lonely. Luke 5.16 tells us that Jesus often withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. 
We live in a nation obsessed with entertainment and many use it as a form of escape. Why? Because people don't want to be alone with God or themselves. They struggle to give God their full attention. That is the reason why some people are always on social media, always watching movies, always listening to music, etc. Take note of these statistics. Now they, these are pretty interesting uh, because they're dated. <laughs> Two thirds of the world's mobile data traffic will be video by 2017. Mobile makes up more than 25% of YouTube's global watch time. Those who love God must cherish their time alone with him at such times. He can, he can have our full attention and can minister to us in ways we could never know in the normal course of our lives. See, Austin Miles understood this well when he penned the words to his popular hymn, I Come to the Garden Alone. It was through times of loneliness that God prepared the great leaders of the scriptures like Moses. Abraham, who was, or Abram, who was later Abraham, alone with God, he received the direction to leave his home and his kindred, as well as the promise that his seed would be the dust, be as the dust of the earth and the stars of the sky. Jacob was alone with God he, when he wrestled with him and would not let go until he prevailed, receiving the blessing in the new name of Israel. Moses, alone with God at a later time in his life, he needed no bread or water for well over a month, received the tables of the law directly from God's hand, and returned with such a glow of holiness on his face that others feared to be near him. David was alone with God in the midst of a grieving and hostile crowd. He encouraged himself in his presence. Daniel, alone with God in a den with hungry lions. He knew an amazing peace and protection. Jesus, alone with God in the wilderness, he overcame the temptations of Satan in the power of the Spirit and by the authority of the Word of God. Jesus, alone with God in the garden, he received strength to go to the cross, shed his blood for the sins of the world. And then John, alone with God on the Isle of Patmos, he saw his beloved Lord Jesus in all his heavenly power and glory and received the revelation. Just as God used moments of loneliness in the lives of these great men, he will use similarly times in our lives to prepare us for his future plans. We must choose to embrace them and commit to learn from them. All right, so Moses was alone, and he was what from Egypt? You got it. Wow. Very good. Exiled from Egypt. After, co after committing murder, and it, it, is, it is just so interesting uh, with Moses' life. After committing murder, Moses realized that remaining in Egypt would most likely cost him his life. While it is difficult to be shunned or ostracized, it is quite another realization that someone is seeking to kill you. Yet there was a specific compelling factor for Moses' exit from Egypt. Hebrews 11.27 indicates that Moses left Egypt because of his faith. We may ask, could God not have preserved Moses as an adult as he did when he was a baby? Certainly he could, but by faith Moses followed God out of Egypt and at this time, at this time, so that one day at the appointed time, God could lead him back. At 40, Moses found himself without a home and without a family, Acts 7, 23 through 29, separated from his people Moses lived on the backside of the desert in Midian for the next 40 years, Exodus 3.1. 
Moses was a fugitive and seemingly alone, but God had not forsaken him. In Psalm 139, the psalmist echoed what Moses must have been feeling in his human loneliness. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? He then answered his own question, acknowledging that whether in heaven, in hell, in the uttermost parts of the sea, or in the darkness of night, God was everywhere, and specifically, God was with him. We need to remind ourselves today that we can never be separated from God. Remember the powerful, comforting words of the Apostle Paul. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or naked or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Satan tries to use desert times to discourage us. However, these desert experiences can be beneficial to our Christian walk. While in the desert, we are away from the inevitable distractions of life and we can listen to the voice of God more easily. The nation's deadliest rail disaster in 15 years occurred near Chatsworth, California where a Metrolink commuter train collided head-on with a Union Pacific freight train. There were 25 deaths, 135 injuries and 80 and 81 of those critical. The rapid collision compressed the front car of the Metrolink train like an accordion causing most of the deaths. Recovery of the bodies took almost a whole day due to the ruin of distorted burning metal. This tragic event resulted from the engineer's distraction as he texted a teenage train enthusiast. As a result, he failed to notice the red stop signal that he passed. We live in a society where it is getting harder to unplug and disconnect. Think back to the times in your life when you made the greatest spiritual decisions. Often you will find that these decisions were made in undistracted moments. It may have been a teen camp, a church service, or a spiritual retreat, places where distractions were minimal. And at these moments, that an optimal environment for spiritual growth can be created. In the mid-1600s, John Bunyan was a pastor in Bedford, England. During his time as a pastor, he was considered a dissenter because he was not ordained by the Church of England. In 1658, Bunyan was arrested for preaching without a license and was imprisoned for eight years. He was then released in 1666 and began preaching again. After just a few short weeks, he was incarcerated again. It was there in his lonely jail cell that Bunyan wrote the book, The Pilgrim's Progress. So not only was he exiled from Egypt, he was what in the wilderness? Employed. Employed. Let's employed. And he was employed in the wilderness. Moses' years in the wilderness offer several practical applications for today's Christian. 
In this passage, for instance, we see the seven daughters of Jethro encountering hostile shepherds while attempting to water their sheep. Moses, who had been the prince of Egypt, humbled himself to do the most modest of tasks and help the women water the sheep. Undoubtedly, this was something he would have never imagined doing when living in Pharaoh's house. Yet he demonstrated a willingness to serve. When Jethro, referred to as Ruel, Ruel in verse 18, heard about this Egyptian helping his daughters, he asked his daughters to bring Moses to him. Moses' willingness to be a servant resulted in housing, employment, and marriage to one of Jethro's daughters. What a beautiful example of spiritual leadership and of God's blessing that follows such humble service. It's a wonderful thing when people will see the need and take the lead. God promises to work great wonders on our behalf if we will accept the opportunities he gives us to serve others. This occupation of caring for livestock, for which the Israelites had been known since the time of Joseph, proved to be the occupation that Moses would have for the next 40 years. From his era of Moses' life, from this era of Moses' life, we learn that God uses the skills we have developed along with the God-given gifts we have cultivated for his glory and for the good of others. Now, if you find yourself alone, like Moses, remember God has not left you alone. Consider the lessons he is trying to teach you. Commit to developing the gifts he has given you. This time of preparation is needed before greater opportunities and blessings can be received. So Moses was alone, and Moses was humbled. <laughs> he was humbled. <laughs> he was humbled. It says in Numbers 12:3, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Meekness has been defined as strength under control. This, under control. this word could, have, could not have described Moses just before he left Egypt as he was a man controlled by his emotions. However, God used this 40-year period of exile to humble Moses and to teach him to follow when he had been accustomed to leading. It has been said that Moses spent the first 40 years of his life thinking he was somebody and the next 40 years learning he was nobody Learning he was nobody. I was waiting for the next 40 years, and I turned the page, it wasn't there. <laughs> Maybe we could fill that in. In the next 40 years, um, God is somebody. <laughs> in the New Testament, both James and Peter reminds us that God honors the humble. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. First Peter 5.6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So, Moses was humbled. He was no longer a As the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, Moses was a member of the royal household, honored and important. Since the Bible says that he was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds as recorded in Acts 7.22, we may assume that the Egyptian people had great expectations for his future, but in a moment of anger, Moses threw away his bright future. One day he was a prince, 
The next day, he was a fugitive. Whatever served the Egyptians for the daily news in those days, surely this was the top headline. It was an absolute scandal. This man who was, who for 40 years had been given every advantage Egypt could bestow, had proven to be a traitor, murdering an Egyptian taskmaster in defense of a lowly Hebrew slave. Yet God had a purpose in all this. Moses had to leave Egypt to avoid execution. According to the writer of Hebrews, Moses' faith, not just his fear, led him to separate himself from the Pharaoh's family. God did not plan for Moses to remain in Egypt and enjoy the acclaim and luxuries. No, God had greater expectations for Moses. Hebrews 11, 24 through 27, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Illustration. The 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence pledged their lives, their fortunes, and sacred honor in support. They were among the most prominent men in colonial America and some of the richest. They knew what they were risking by signing this document, but they had made their choice and were willing to pay the price. Many of them did, indeed, make heavy sacrifices for their cause. As a result of what they did, we have enjoyed a free country for well over 200 years. Five were captured by British and tortured. Twelve had their homes burned and ransacked. Four had sons who were captured or died in the Revolutionary War. God may require us to sacrifice our positions of prominence, our possessions, and our pride in order for his will to be completed in and through us. He was no longer a prince, but he was now a shepherd. You got it. When we think of Moses leading three million Israelites <laughs> through the Red Sea and into the wilderness, it's easy to forget that immediately prior to this, he had spent four decades as a shepherd on the backside of the desert. We do not know all the lessons that God taught him during this time, but we do know God's timeless principle. If we are faithful in a little, we will have an opportunity to be faithful in much. Luke 16.10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Matthew 25.21, his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Perhaps it was Moses' faithfulness as a shepherd that prompted God to choose him to be the leader of his people. One thing is certain, however, God is looking for faithful people. Proverbs 20, verse 6, asks the question, A faithful man who can find? Regardless of the task that God gives you to accomplish right now, it's imperative that you be found faithful to complete it. 1 Corinthians 4, 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards 
that a man be found what? Faithful. Illustration. In March 1974, a Japanese officer named Hiro Onoda was formally relieved of duty. This would not be remarkable except for the fact that World War II had ended for the Japanese with their surrender in September 1945. Lieutenant Onoda had never been officially notified of the war's end and so continued his resistance hiding in the mountains of Lubang Island in the Philippines. He did not give in until his former commanding officer was located and sent to him personally. He never quit. He never surrendered. He was found faithful and shared his story in No Surrender, My 30-Year War. So Moses was alone. He was humbled. And I think I'm going to hang you on this one. He was... Contemplative. I think I heard Abby get it. <laughs> Contemplative. Undoubtedly, Moses had time to reflect as he spent long days in the desert with sheep. From the busyness of the palace to the solitude of the desert, Moses found a dramatic change in his schedule. Yet sometimes it, it is our separation that allows us to better speak to and hear from God. We see the same lesson throughout Scripture. In the stillness of the night, young Samuel heard and responded to the call of God. On the run from a vengeful Jezebel, as far from civilization as he could get, Elijah could hear the still, small voice of God. The prophet Isaiah saw God for who he was, saw himself for who he was, and eagerly accepted the call of God on his life. So Moses, he took time to, I'm going to give you the first. And it's not rest and relax. <laughs> Got that one. Remember and repent. During these years in the desert, Moses certainly thought on his life in Egypt. We know that he confessed his sins because God's word says if we regard or harbor or cherish or excuse iniquity in our hearts, the Lord will not hear us. We also know that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As believers, we need to make sure that there is nothing in our hearts that would hinder God from being able to use us. Although Moses had made mistakes in life, he became one of the greatest of all the Old Testament leaders after his wilderness experience. You know, I think about trying to put myself in Moses' shoes after killing somebody. That would be a haunting thing. I've, I don't know if you've had like dreams like this where you've killed somebody in your dreams and you just wake up feeling like 
guilty. Like, uh, you know, you just can't, like, shake it. I can't imagine what that was like with Moses. But obviously Moses, and God dealt with it in, in his life. Um, that would be bad. And um, up at the home, Wayne is really struggling in his mind. And one of the things that he always repeats is he's offended somebody or there's something he hasn't been able to take care of. Um, you know, like say he stole some money or something and he needs to get money back to him, but he doesn't have the money. Things like things like that just, just haunting him. It's, 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 it's really a, a difficulty. As believers, we need to make sure there's nothing in our hearts that would hinder God from being able to use us. It says, the Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Psalm 39, 4 through 5. Moses thought about where he had come from, where he was now, and where he was headed. Although an Egyptian by upbringing, he was a Hebrew by birth and eventually by choice. He chose to take his stand with the people of God and to forsake his home and adopted family. What the future would hold was in God's hands but Moses was positioned to listen to what God had to say to him. Daniel Defoe's classic novel, Robinson Crusoe, is fictitious. First-person account of a man who spent 28 years marooned on a tropical island. By the way, I've never read Robinson Crusoe. Many passages from this story relate Crusoe's thoughts as he struggles not only to survive, but also to make sense out of his life. He comes to realize that only a personal surrendered relationship with God gives life and eternity any meaning. It was because of this enforced solitude that he was able to come to these conclusions. In 1934, Admiral Richard E. Byrd spent five months alone in Antarctica operating a weather station. He would later tell audiences, and here I was near the axis of the world in the darkness where the stars make a circle in the sky. At that moment, the conviction came to me that the harmony and rhythm were too perfect to be a symbol of blind chance or an accidental offshoot of the cosmic process. And I knew that a beneficent intelligence pervaded the whole. It was a feeling that transcended reason that went to the heart of a man's despair and found it groundless. So, he took time to remember and repent, and now I know you're ready to do this. He took time to... Ooh, got the first one. <laughs> Whoa, man. That took a long time. Reform. Reflect and reform. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Moses, having seen the error of his ways, had a new outlook 
on life. There is much more written in Scripture on the life of Moses, and a majority of the story reveals a man dedicated to working for God and walking with God. We see a man who was willing not only to fight for his people, but also to die for his people. We see only one more instance when he reacted out of anger. And we see him many times as he acted as an intercessor. He was a changed man. Believers today realize that wrong choices in our past do not condemn us to wrong choices in our future. May we be encouraged by the fact that today is the first day of the rest of our lives as a Christian. Therefore, our goal ought to be to do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Moses used his time in the desert, his time of loneliness, to learn more about himself and God. As a result, he developed a walk with God that changed his character. We, too, need to spend time with God, consider his purposes for your life, and commit to living that purpose on a daily basis. So the conclusion, desert places are the site of both mighty miracles and great training. Satan wants us to think that in the desert we are forsaken and forgotten. In reality, the desert often provides an optimum environment for us to draw near to God. And when we draw near to God, we are allowing him to remake us into his image. Let's pray. Father, the desert times, time that we feel lonely, one of the things missed in the conclusion here is that you're always there. And by faith we have to do that, and sometimes you're very quiet. You know, I kind of think about sometimes when we ramble on and we're conversing with God and God just is quiet until we shut up and listen. And so, Father, as we go through these times, may we use it as a time to draw closer to you before we get back into the busyness of life. And and so, Father, uh, we just pray for your help in these, these times. It can be times when we take it take it wrong and become frustrated and and uh, react in a wrong way and so father um, I just pray that you'd help us uh, in this time of our life in a time when we're feel lonely or alone and um, we'll thank you for it in Jesus name amen you are dismissed did anybody have any comments that they wanted to share Yes, <laughs> not.